Hey people, I'm Juba, a London-born, Essex-raised and Berlin-based DJ and welcome back to Series 2 of the Assurance Podcast. Last year, I released Assurance, the documentary that I made about the experiences of female DJs in Nigeria. After its release, I realised that there were so many other stories to explore and I wanted to continue the conversations that were started with the first documentary. In each episode, I'm going to be talking to inspiring women DJs in the global south and delving into their own personal journeys, their local music scenes and the impact of their social context on their careers and lives. Series 2 of the Assurance Podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Step Into You campaign, which is all about empowerment and confidently taking up space. SA has gotten this thing right. They embraced the artists fully from the beginning. Mm. From the beginning. I think Nigeria too, you know? Mm -hmm. That's one thing that I wish for my country so hard because if you're not rubbing shoulders with the the already established artists in Namibia or you don't have a feature from an established artist, it's sort of like, who's this man? You know? And if your Mm. song starts to create traction and it's like, okay, yeah, now. And I'm not dissing my country. I'm not dissing my people. I just want to say that's flat out. It's the truth. Hello, world. Hello, hello. And welcome. Welcome to series two of the Assurance Podcast. I'm so happy to be saying that. I'm so glad to be back with the Assurance Podcast. And I'm just really excited to kick off the next six weeks of sheer inspiration, insight, compelling and critical conversations, and hopefully a lot of real badass empowerment. And um, I'm so excited to be kicking off the first show of the second series with an amazing DJ, an amazing model, producer, just all-round talented person from Namibia based in South Africa in Cape Town. And I'm joined by Gina Jeans. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. So as I say, today I'm joined by Gina Jeans. She is a Namibian raised and South Africa based model, DJ and music producer. And she discovered her musical talents at the tender age of nine on the violin. And since then, she's grafted hard and she's built a serious career for herself as a DJ, as a producer, as just greatness. She has three EPs to her name and she was a cover girl on the front of Hype magazine in 2019. And her tracks have been spotlighted on the likes of Radio 1 Extra in the UK and Bandcamp. And she's also played amazing gigs at the likes of Afropunk and Nyege Nyege. And she's here with me today. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, sis, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very, no very excited to be a part of this. I'm excited to have you here. And uh, <laughs> let's make sure we have a good episode because I was saying to you earlier, I am actually beyond dead right now. Like, <laughs> I'm really- <laughs> I'm really doing like professionality because Oh, but wow. you do it well. You do it well. I I envy you guys right now. Those of you who get to brave. Ah, oh, man, guys, please. Ah, oh, we need it. Yeah. Here. I'm not gonna lie can't to wait. you. <laughs> it's enjoyment based uh tiredness and fatigue. So I can't complain, mm. but it's been a weekend of, of festivals and it feels is I mean, it feels like a privilege definitely to be out playing festivals because yeah. I know a lot of people still aren't in that place right now. But um let me just say, uh, there's a saying when it's like, so-and-so is beyond all human understanding. Like God's mm. power is beyond all human understanding. Yeah. And I feel like my tiredness right now is beyond like all human understanding. <laughs> I, I swear it's like a, a special type, but yeah, I hope you're good. Oh no, I'm good. Thank you. No, I'm very Talking well. to us from, you're from Cape, you're in Cape Town right now, right? I'm in Cape Town. I just got back from a very, well, I needed to rest. I was in Zanzibar for a week and it was just, wow. What a spiritually charged island. It was amazing. Mm. I was very, very happy to just have the downtime. And also just a privilege to be able to to go out and rest. But yeah, I'm feeling mm. renewed. I'm feeling very, very ready for the next half of the rest of the year. Good. Mate, let's swap places. I need some spiritual healing right now. <laughs> some... Can you imagine like the rest of the half of the year? It is September. I know. What has happened? Well, when I think of it, just like how fast everything has happened like since 2020 up until now and how we're still here and we're like whoa we really really thought we'd be getting out of it but 
that's not what this is about. I'm trying to, you know, I'm still trying to stay positive and, you know and I mean? really push through. Um, I think a lot of us are just pushing through, but it's been amazing to see how resilient we are as a human race. So we'll see. Definitely. We'll see. I'm hoping something good will come out of it. Me too. I think the resilience has shown. I hope we also as humans have the capacity to learn lessons as well mm-hmm. and not be too short-sighted because oh, I yeah. think like right now, I it's been interesting, like, you know, having all these COVID tests and all this kind of stuff and like basically trying to like still move at the same pace as before, but just like fighting against COVID. Oh, wow, and part yeah. of me is like all of these tests we're doing, all of this sort of like even like the pollution created by all of the sort of like masks and stuff and mm. tests that we're taking in order to continue our old pace of life. Definitely. I'm like, I feel like I'm complicit in not learning the lesson that we need to learn, which is to sort of like slow down and stop. I don't know. It's a funny one, but. Yeah. I think for me, just when I look at how much 2020 brought to me in terms of music and reaching people, I've never been able to reach really just based on like busy schedules. I, I'm still very grateful that it was kind of forced to just like forced to just slow down mm. um and and look at life in the bigger picture as well so so Definitely. much good has come from it but yeah i know it really has hit a lot of people hard even just like myself musically um gigs wise it's well yeah, oh yeah. honey child i learned big lesson in 2020 we learned lessons but also i kind of feel like we made it through that and hopefully mm. i don't know if we're over the worst now because god knows what nature's gonna throw at us oh. next global warming but at least we're still here for now. Yeah. <laughs> so like no. worst case scenario has really happened. Like worse than worst case than we that we fought back really in, you know, and that. here we are. But anyway, um, I'm sure we will be talking about COVID again. I've, I've been really desperate to not talk about COVID so much, but yeah, no, it just isn't mean. going away, is it? <laughs> so, so it's the forefront of everything that's happening right it? now. I mean, yeah. like delays with trying to get vinyls and just life and ugh. Yeah, but it we move, we move. We continue, we continue. Jeans, um, with all of my guests that come on, I think it's really important to kind of understand your musical journey into DJing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, when did you first touch a pair of decks? Well, you know what? I had been producing for so long and I think at some point I just knew there had to be a time in my life where I had to transition um, because it's not like I'm a, a singer. So how would I get my music out to the world beyond just like soundcloud and uploads and hey guys please follow this link download you know um so Mm. i was very fortunate enough to be invited to the red bull studios in cape town it's closed now but at the time they were really like outsourcing trying to get a lot of women in music involved and um i took part and i did an ep with them and they had a stage at rocking the daisies which is one of the bigger festivals in in southern africa and I was invited to play, but I hadn't played a gig ever in my life, let alone touched <laughs> okay. any. Thanks. I tell you, I kid you not, guys. I literally went to like a store, Musica, and bought a little, I think it was, a, yeah, it was one of the little um, controllers. And I was oh like, I'm going to learn today. I said yes, not knowing how to <laughs> DJ, guys. And I no had way. three months, I had three months to prepare for that show. And I was in New York visiting my friend. And I remember I got the contract. I signed it. I read through everything. And I was just like, if this is a sign to just go for it, then I'm going to say yes to it. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was like three months of heavy like tutorials. I was pulling in favors from friends. I was like, please just like teach me. My my then boyfriend, now husband was like, dude, I don't know what we're going to do. We just have to figure this thing out. So um, thank God I had um, musical experience. I think that really helped because even with my blends, I try to keep them a little bit more interesting. Um, and I, I have music software, so I would literally do a small mashup on like logic and try and throw it into the mix. So I was really trying to be a little bit more fluid with the way I was working on this controller. Um, so yeah, that was, that was my experience into DJing guys thrown <laughs> into the deep end. <laughs> you know, there's that saying, fake it till you make it. I think this is the epitome Ooh, of fake it till you make it. You yes, and you couldn't DJ. And then you're like, I've got to do it. I think, you know what? I've had so many of those situations where it's almost like you say yes. And then you're yeah. like, Hmm, I've got to do it now. Yeah. It's actually kind of similar to this podcast. Like the way it came about, 
I sort mm-hmm. of like picked it up as if I knew what I was doing. And then it <laughs> happened. I was like, okay, well, now I'm a podcaster. And now <laughs> like, you're doing it. And you're doing I it well, by the way. Just well, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah. And honestly, now I'm like a sound engineer. I just, mm-hmm. I'm an editor. I have learned so many skills along the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. We love that. That's um, really cool though. Yeah. I guess having your musical background must have helped though, at least. Like mm. the fact that you had a, a taste for music and how to make music work for people and move people. Yeah. I guess it, the feeling was there. It was just the technical aspects you had to learn. Exactly. And I had been going to a lot of festivals before then. And I think I've always been inspired by just my friends and my friends in music who have also taken that step to playing their music um, out to crowds. And even though... It was challenging. I'll say challenging because I didn't know what to expect in terms of like just the whole getting to stage and protocols and all these things. Mm. Child, I was there like, I'm just going to dress professionally and just like show up with a smile, you know, <laughs> So getting the, <laughs> getting the tags and getting on stage. And obviously, like I had told my friends and there were a lot of Namibians who come down for the festival and just seeing the flag being waved and people like really cheering me on. I, that was That's like great. a real life-changing moment. And mm-hmm. even just for women in music, seeing a woman of color. I mean, of course, I'm not saying we don't have like people like DJ Zinkle and other uh, producers and DJs, but like seeing more of us on the lineup, that was mm-hmm, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like it was truly a great time to enter the scene at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course there were struggles, but We'll we're going to talk about that. the struggle because yeah. I want to know mm. more about your first gig. I yeah. think we're going to talk about it later, I'm sure. But I find it so interesting that you as a black woman in Namibia or South Africa mm. refer to yourself as a woman of color. Because to me, I'm like, when you go to African countries, you're no longer a color. You are just like, black, you know, you're not, you're not uh, black. You're not- like in Nigeria, I'm not black. I'm, Ni- I'm Igbo or whatever. But I guess because yeah, exactly. you are in South Africa, mm-hmm. suddenly you become a woman of color because you're amongst, you know, non-black people who are dominating exactly. society. So that's a very interesting thing to, for me to hear you say. Yeah. It's like I'm used Crazy. to women of color in diaspora, not in Africa. Mm-hmm. I think also um, it's interesting because I'm a DJ learning to produce music now. Mm-hmm. And I think um, there is that idea. Usually it seems to work the other way around where as a DJ, you feel the need to produce. Whereas it's interesting that you as a producer felt the need to go into DJing. But yeah. I guess like a lot of producers that I know as well, they feel the need to start DJing because, yeah, mm-hmm. how else are you going to sort of play your music out or share your music with people? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on my side, especially, like I said, it was an opportunity for me to play my own personal music out. Mm. And what I do love, what it has taught me, especially is obviously, yes, reading the crowd. But I guess in this case, I don't really see a lot of women who play the type of music that I do. Um, So being... I guess eclectic in the sense it was mm. it was really really important for me to understand what also works on certain stages sure. and certain times of the day when I'm playing so I'm very fortunate to also kind of dive into different genres of music that I produce so it's mm. really really been it's really been yeah such a blessing to to have that platform and you know when people come up to you and they're like I loved your set it's just like I'm doing it's a beautiful thing to do yeah Yeah, it's great yeah I love the post gig stroll through the club or the venue Mm -hmm. and everyone's like hey man you're sick you're great you're like yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know yeah (laughs) a little ego a little ego boost sometimes you walk extra slow you walk extra slowly and just make extra eye contact Just nothing, to get a nothing like a, a random pat on the back, and you turn I around know. and someone is like, "Yo, when can <laughs> I see you play?" And you're like, "Man, I was like, oh, oh, man. yeah, it's no, like, it really." Know, it's- I think there's also an issue right now in terms of DJing and how actually people feel that DJs are almost overpaid and producers don't actually mm. get that much money um, yeah. unless they are DJing, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, most of the times you just hear the artists. And back in the day, at least for me, I used to like read up the credits, like mm. who, produced the, who produced the song, you know? Um, nowadays, you kind of just get the face and the artists yeah. and of course they're doing their part too but yeah. I don't think a lot of people really dive into the producers and and who actually made the track so sure. that's a big big thing for me mm-hmm. um that's how I've also learned from um my peers and and it's just very important you know to kind of shine a light on producers Definitely. as well and I think there is definitely a respect that goes to production and I do want to honor that even just you know my journey as a DJ I still want to be able to to respect Mm -hmm. that 
Well, you're doing it well, man. Um, and tell us about your first gig anyway. I want to hear about this. Yeah. So, yeah, Rocking the Daisies. Oh, my gosh. Mind you, I actually have, if you can see in the back, <laughs> I framed I it as my first gig. And I'm, like, right at the bottom in small. Oh, but I look just, just next to the plus you know, more. Just, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm on the second line before. So I'm like, okay, plus it's, more, legible. Yeah. it's legible. And I have it here in my room because it reminds me of just the journey and where I've started and I think the experience for me I was taken I was yeah I was taken very good care of on the day and I think you know you hear a lot of bad experiences or they didn't call me out properly or um, you have people preparing their sets before you it was just it was really such a smooth um, experience for me but I had also just been feeling a bit weird because my aunt was in hospital and she passed away two hours after I finished playing. So imagine that. having that kind of like, this is my first gig. It's, uh, you know, I want to do well, but I'm also mm -hmm. feeling some type of way. And I just had to switch off for a bit. Um, not even to sound like I wasn't thinking of her. Of course, I was just like, I, I know I have to do this too. And um, she would have wanted me to do it as well. Um, so it was really such a weird day for me. Mm. I'm very grateful I got through it. And of course, I did take some time after after everything that happened. But I would have loved to see more women on the stages for sure. I think we were very little that year. But um, for the most part, it was it was a great experience. When was this? Sorry. So this was 2017. Okay, 27. Okay, mm -hmm. cool. Mm -hmm. Good to know. Um, you know what? It actually, when you said that, I really felt it because I had a gig. It wasn't my first gig, actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a close family member of mine passed away the day before my gig. Oh, my gosh. And yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. It was uh, so difficult to play that gig. Yeah. Um, and I guess I just sort of like in my head dedicated a few songs to, you know, my, to my yeah, auntie. Yeah, same here. Same yeah, here. It, was, it was weird because it's like my auntie passed away, but then... I've got this gig the next day and it was like, you know, sort of a special gig for my collective. And, mm. you know, you kind of do that, you know, they would want you to, or what would they want you to do? Yeah. And, uh, it was ex like the day before. It's no, so it difficult though. Very hard. That, yeah. Like I think that was also the first uh, sort of family loss that really, I felt it mm. like hard. Mm. Cause I think a lot of family members, you know, cause I've grown up in the UK. Yeah. There's a lot of family members that I sort of knew of, but I wasn't close to. Mm. But yeah, no, yeah. that was uh, a. Yeah. It's very, it's very difficult to play in that state because you know what? The crowd doesn't know what you're going through. Exactly. It's not like I went on stage and announced it either. So they're right. expecting me to give the best energy and smiles. And of course, yes, I was elated. I was very happy to, you know, be playing on that stage. It was like, it was life changing. Really, it was. It brought so much good to my career. Mm. But just like switching off from that and going back to you know my where i was sleeping and just being like damn yeah no, like you. what a day yeah, yeah and yeah, even yeah. just prior that whole year actually was quite um challenging because i even lost my mom earlier on in the year oh, sorry to hear yeah that. so you know it's music has been able sorry music has carried tired? me through yeah no i'm good music yeah. has carried me through a lot a lot mm. and i think the reason why i've always been so forward about just going through it regardless of the fact that I'm not necessarily a pop artist or and 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 mm. is because of the healing the healing power I get from it and that's always just been what I'm about and you know I'm I'm looking forward to what else it has to offer to me but for Definitely. the most part it's really carried me through it can major be storms yeah no because honestly like literally before the gig the day like I, I was inconsolable and then it's mm. like I play the gig and I feel this sort of energy and then yeah, but as you say, yeah. the crowd doesn't know what you're going through. But at the yeah, same time, you see people happy and enjoying life. And you're like, okay, there is happiness out there. Mm -hmm. I'm not connecting with happiness right now, but happiness is around. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah. I feel you. I feel yeah, you. Yeah, that was, it was difficult. But anyway, you know, here we are, hey? You know? Here we are. As they say, life goes on, I guess. Yeah, for, for real. Gosh. <laughs> that got deep. <laughs> I know. All right, Gina, we got deep there, um, but I think it's good to be honest. I think it's good to share reality um, and what people go through. You never know what people yeah. are going through, so, you know. Yeah. But um, 
For people listening who are not aware of the southern part of Africa, tell us what's the situation over in South Africa? What's going on? And I guess you have a very interesting intersection in this podcast as you are like an outsider living in, but very much naturalized in a way in South Africa. So tell us about it. Yeah, you know what? I think the one thing I've had to do for myself, especially if you've moved to a different country and you're settled there and you live there and work there, is obviously do your research, do your homework and be very much, you know, involved if you can and and just educated. And I think the one thing that has been prevalent, at least here and in Namibia, for me, something that I can see ongoing is the gender-based violence against women. Um, And even just in a music setting, I mean, being in studios with a majority of men sometimes and the jokes can get very you know hmm. and and also yeah. just like being a woman at the club and you know if you're the dj you're questioned or you're groped on and i think i i've been very very vocal now in these years I, i've tried to educate myself as well and just speak up on these things more because really the reality is this is still something that although we've marched Although we've spoken about it, though we've tweeted, posted, attended just so many conferences, it's just, it just doesn't seem to be getting better. And even back home, you know, we we just losing our sisters day in and day out. It's so, it's so disheartening in the sense that, you know, especially now I'm speaking in, in the music context where you want to go to a gig by yourself and feel safe. It's mm. it's tricky, you know. Mm-hmm. I always go with a friend, or in this case, my husband, if he's available, you know, just because, you know, if I have a late hour playing like one or two and I have to go home, step out of the club, it's catcalling, it's mm-hmm. me trying to run into an Uber, it's me being afraid to take an Uber. Wait, can you imagine? The Uber is, in itself is dangerous. It's interesting what you're saying about, like, gender-based violence in South Africa um, and Namibia and how that bleeds into the music scene. It makes a lot of sense. Like, these mm. are scenes that are inherently very male-dominated. Um, yeah, exactly. And I'm really intrigued to, like, explore that a lot more um, sort of coming up. Generally speaking, I don't know, I guess, like, as I, I think for me, my understanding of South Africa has always been tainted by what I learned in history, which was about mm. the apartheid. Mm-hmm. And I just, you're talking about yourself as a person of colour um, mm-hmm. in South Africa. I've always been intrigued to sort of like know what it's like, I guess, depends where you are, like you're in Cape Town. Yeah. Like how it is it is to exist as an African in, in you know, South Africa maybe? Because I feel like it's a sort of place where I would go and I get genuinely annoyed all the time looking at the sort of inequality and oppression yeah, of Africans in their own countries. But I don't know. I haven't been there. I just... yeah. No, I'm I'm going to speak. And as I speak, I'm speaking from my experience. When I moved here, I felt my skin color. Mm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say we don't experience racism in Namibia. Of course we do. Um, but I guess also when I look at the population, we're like 2.6. Um, so, you know, in Namibia, it's quite... Mm, it's under the covers there, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's not like you walk around like feeling like I foreign here or I don't belong here in my own country whereas here I'm a foreigner and I'm black you know and just seeing things in the news like xenophobia that was very Mm. scary for me and also just living down the road from you know at the time where these things were happening um not even that but just when I speak on on racism as well just going into restaurants and having people stare at you and in certain areas in Cape Town, especially, it was very strange for me to feel that and to feel my skin color and to be aware of it and be like, you know, I can't go there. Oh, I don't want to get looked at in a certain way. And even worse so in the music industry. I mean, we see it to this day. I mean, how colorism also plays a big role in who's getting what chicks and so forth. I mean, that's a conversation for another day. But truly, mm-hmm. moving here... It made me a bit sad just being or feeling the way I felt. Mm. Mm. You know, I find that weird because you have like the racism and the sort of apartheid history of like white oppression in an African Mm. country. Mm. But also I've definitely heard a lot about the xenophobia and I found it Mm. weirdly disappointing because it's like black South Africans sort of and the xenophobia against other Africans. And Mm. I'm like, wait, it's the wrong enemy. (laughs) Like, Mm. guys, you know, but also, I don't know. I guess I know there's like economic issues always come into these things and there's always a scapegoat. And like, There's so much. 
Yeah, I mean, these conversations can get deep and heavy. And, you know, I think even for me, I'm still learning and still educating myself because I never want to speak out of pocket um, on these things. But truly, my experience moving here, um, I've, I kind of had to just, like, not think about it to get through mm. a lot of my days. And I don't think anyone should live like that, you know, especially in Africa. I mean, my experience of going to Zanzibar, Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my goodness, just being, just mm-hmm. being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? that's how I feel when I go to Nigeria. It's like, mm. I'm not black, I'm not where you come from. It's like, what yeah. state do you come from? I'm evil, but I'm actually, I mean, don't get me wrong as well. I'm definitely a foreigner because yeah. I was born and raised in the UK. My mm. accent stands out and you can just smell the freaking British passport on me. However, <laughs> in some ways, at least I blend in because I am just yeah. a black person. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting, that sort of sense of like being. But then also, mm. as I say, for me, the idea of not belonging in an African country is so strange to me. But then yeah. also, you know, a lot of countries we have internal like ethnic conflict, mm, but then there's also mm. that added layer of like racial conflict. Mm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, but also let's say something nice about South Africa because we're not yeah. here to bash. No, absolutely like, not. This country has given me so much. Yeah. No, I, I, I really am so grateful. I mean, the people that I call my friends in SA also have been the best support system I've had out of just the move I matured in SA I became a young woman in SA I was building <laughs> a, a career in SA you know <laughs> so there's just so much this country has done for me to um even just getting an education here because I wasn't able to get um my degree in graphic design which is what I actually moved here to study um mm-hmm. back in back in Namibia so I I really think this land, this country, is, is as beautiful as it is, there's so many opportunities as well. Um, I think, yes, the struggle is the equality of the opportunities between the races and also just being able to access these platforms and these people who are at the top positions. And I love, I love that, you know, even for a city like Cape Town, so international, I don't think we have as many opportunities like this in Namibia. And that's why a lot of the artists do try and come in, you know, start off in SA, make the connect- the connections in mm. SA and then build from there. So, mm-hmm. But actually, I guess South Africa mm. is such a powerhouse. I can Absolutely. imagine it has a real pulling effect on like neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. So I, I can imagine South Africa is full of like basically people from all of the Southern African countries. And as you say, the, the Namibian population is so small mm-hmm. that when you want to like go big, I guess you go to South Africa. Is you that have the to thing? move. You kind of have to leave. I mean, I, I wouldn't really just say you go to SA. I mean, if you can. I, for me, this was a starting point because it's not like I had backing financially as well. You know, mm. I was a student as well. And, you know, my parents were just like, my dear, we sent you for school, not for music. So a lot of it Bro. was just like my own side hustles. Um, but I can see... Um, one thing for sure, and one thing I love about SA, it's just the genres that have come out of this country and how yeah. they've just transformed the rest of the world as well. Like, I'm a piano, and just, oh, it's very inspiring. Yeah, I actually was going to ask now, because I can tell you are just, music is your life, I can mm-hmm. tell. Um, <laughs> and I want to talk about sort of the electronic music scene in South mm-hmm. Africa. I think mm-hmm. one thing, as a Nigerian, from one musical powerhouse to another... Mm-hmm. <laughs> South Africa is, I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, between me and you, I actually think South Africa is taking the lead right now. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Nigerian artists right now are following the lead of South Africa. Yeah. I'm a piano. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one thing that I really feel like I appreciate about South Africa musically is that there is actually a real appreciation of DJ and electronic music culture. Right? Mm. I think so. I, I haven't been there, but it's just mm. my hypothesis. Yeah. Um. But yeah, tell us about like Cape Town's music scene. Tell us about music in South Africa, because honestly, I want to come to South Africa just to experience music. And, you should, else. and you should. I think I'm going to try and touch on the different areas because Cape Town compared to Joburg, they're also two different cities, of course, mm-hmm. and just like two different energies and vibes. Mm. But um, when I look at the Cape Town scene, especially when I started DJing, um, you have spaces like the waiting room. It's it's just 
literally a room <laughs> right with mm-hmm. a small bar and that's truly where a lot of the people want to listen to the more underground music or the music that wasn't necessarily like on the radio that's where you would go there are a lot of spaces in Cape Town I think that cater to electronic music we had um, obviously beyond Rocking the Daisies there are a lot of other festivals that were happening that were really pushing like up and coming artists that were doing electronic music and when I look at Joburg and the house scene there it's wow it's super powerful super super powerful I mean you have people mm-hmm. like Black Coffee that came out of it of course you know and just oh like <laughs> it's the different like you get a different experience is basically what I'm trying to say if you go to Joburg and you come to Cape Town you know mm. you're going to get a different electronic music experience but I, I love that it's they marry very well into each other. And you know what? I'm going to just speak on the good for now because there's definitely still the other mm-hmm. side of it of just like, you know, the lineups being the same throughout mm-hmm. the year and so forth. But I do love that the two different cities just like celebrate, you know, electronic music very, very well in their mm-hmm. own special ways. Yeah, honestly, as much as I have my weird hang up about going to South Africa, I do believe that I need to actually come to the country to experience what it's really like. But I also just want to come to like experience the clubs, experience like I'm a piano dancing and whistling in real life. (laughs) And groove is groove. One thing about the South African dance floor, honey, it does not matter where you come from, who you are, how much money you have in the bank. We are going to (laughs) groove, honey. I'm here for it. Oh, no, really. It's it's such a vibe, really. I'm here for it. How would you compare the South African scene, Cape Town scene, to the scene you're aware of in Namibia mm. Ooh, yeah this one oh I can speak on this one okay so SA has gotten this thing right they embraced the artists fully from the beginning mm. from the beginning I think Nigeria too you know mm-hmm. that's one thing that I wish for my country so hard because if you're not rubbing shoulders with the the already established artist in Namibia or you don't have a feature from an established artist, it's sort of like, who's this man? You know? And if your Mm. song starts to create traction and it's like, okay, yeah, now, and I'm not dissing my country. I'm not dissing my people. I just want to say that's flat out. It's the truth. You know, once an artist actually crosses over, then she's ours. He's ours. You know what I mean? And I think, okay, I understand, yes, our population is small and a lot of people are not necessarily in clubs or have exposure to like different scenes in music compared Mm. to someone like myself, maybe who lives in South Africa and has traveled and has seen different music scenes and festivals. I think we've recently, before COVID, recently started to kind of create more music festivals and spaces. But even then, like the crowd, my goodness. You'll be playing and they're just staring at you, asking for, when's the next oh, person coming? Do you know what I mean? No. That's such, it's such <sighs> nasty energy to put out I there hate to that. an upcoming artist. You never want to play again, you know, or you never want to feel like, oh, oh, it's just tough. It's tough for, yeah, for upcoming you. artists for sure. And I feel, I, yeah, I played my first gig in South Africa first and then people are like, oh, she's a DJ and then went home and headlined with Shekinah, who's a South African artist. But even then, like, you know, they were expecting her more. And of course, mm-hmm. with all good reason, she's fabulous. I love her. Um, but it's just that they don't give the same energy. You know, mm-hmm. as Namibians, they don't give that energy to a Namibian. You know? Well, Gina Jean said it, it wasn't me, so <laughs> come at her. <laughs> oh no, my God, yeah, please, I mean, it's no. a truth. It's a truth, mate. It's not, you've got to speak no, the honest truth. No, but it's true. It's true, guys. Exactly. Like, you know this. I mean, if you're in Namibia and you're listening to it, it's true. We take a very long time to warm up to our own. Yeah, and we I mean, love, yeah. we love celebrating other artists. And I just wish we'd like reciprocate that energy to mm-hmm. upcoming artists too. I feel like that happened in Nigeria back in the day. I feel like a lot of the time, like Nigerians used to love, you know, music from the USA and mm. it took a while for us to embrace our own. And now we, we absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I can tell that you're very passionate about this topic and you spoke about, you know, gender-based violence and how that is a societal issue, but also mm. leads into the music scene. So I kind of mm. want you to expand upon what it's like for women in the music scene, what gender representation is like the music scene i'm really excited to be seeing more of that happening particularly in joburg um and just um seeing organizations starting up and creating safe spaces for women and you know non-binary people to come in express themselves and i think one thing that i've learned at least from my 
experience as a mentor when I went to Zambia and we had a um what you call a workshop yes on DJing <laughs> and um you know just speaking on our experiences from all different levels you know like we had so many women from southern Africa come I just saw that there's a hunger for it at least now you know there are a lot mm. of women who are very interested and who who want to understand how to become successful in this industry so I think like when I compare what I'm seeing now to five years ago there was literally the question was just going around like where are the women in music where are the women in music and of course like I'm not going to even compare my experience to the international platform because truly I still feel like there's so much I need to do even here and even back home but I would say that it's getting there we have a long way to go, but it's getting there at least. Mm. And I'm glad that now more than ever, um, some clubs are starting to at least implement safety protocols. I mean, we shouldn't have to though. Come on, guys. I know. Thank you, you know? for keeping us safe and not letting like, us be harassed. No, okay. that's, yeah. mm, I think even me saying that, it's just like, uh, I mean, I'm grateful, but still, it shouldn't even have to come to that point. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very, very proud of, of those who have created their own spaces and who have started their own movements and parties and are inclusive because truly, you know, we have to celebrate individuality and celebrate people and love people for who they are. So I think even just seeing how the couple, the last three years and even just online and, you know, when we went into lockdown and seeing all, mm-hmm. all the types of artists that were coming out from their bedrooms and just being proud it's it's been great truly i i just i just just hope that it wasn't performative you know especially from the whole black lives matter movement of into course. this you know like yeah. yes of course definitely yeah. there were some performances in this some well, yeah, mate. There, there i mean like, yeah it's good to know that things are moving forward that's what mm-hmm. we want to hear but like mm-hmm. what is still what is there still left to do i do feel like a lot of investors maybe are a bit scared or not even scared they're a little bit reluctant to invest in new talent and i would like to see especially black women in music get a fair chance fair chance and fair platforms and and even funding without having to do all this back end like i feel like there's just so much inequality when it comes to giving women in music women who are black in music a fair chance um compared to just funding into other races and just like oh they're gonna do well because they fit the part or they Mm. look the part and you spoke about safety as well in terms of like going home and i from the clubs and stuff like that and as Mm -hmm. a dj you know have to Mm -hmm. go with your husband i hate the concept of women having to be with men in order to be safe or to be like validated Mm -hmm. so i don't know it seems like yeah there still is a way to go at least in terms of safety and respect yeah especially respect i mean damn it's one thing to say you know i love my mama and it's another thing to go out in the streets and treat women with the absolute disrespect it's just uh, yeah mm-hmm. we've got a long way to go guys that's mm, yeah. that's for sure i think talking about respect i remember one time like it's funny because um it's like the afrobeat scene in london mm-hmm. and i remember i was djing this one time it's, it was this club i won't say its name but um basically it, it's the one of the biggest like afrobeats parties in london mm-hmm. and the name rhymes with lolo muir <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge yeah and I remember just like um I had a gig I like I've been you know messaging the guy who like did the bookings for so long and like hey can I just play a warm-up set this was like when I first started in like 2015 yeah um and I was messaging this guy for months and eventually he was like okay cool if you want to play a DJ set you know come through do a warm-up set obviously they didn't pay me anything like mm. no transport no nothing I just literally mm. came with my my CDJs mm. um and I remember getting to the party I used to go to these parties like every single week mm-hmm. and I started warming up and I was playing the warm-up set obviously warm-up equals like slower like just getting everyone going and there was a few people there and they were all like jamming and getting going on the floor yeah and like within five minutes he came up to me and was like you need to speed up you need to get the energy going more and I was like but it's what? a warm-up set and also like I've practiced meticulously I know I'm not the best DJ in the world but yeah. I've come to this party enough times to know how your warm-up sets work and it's not hard mm-hmm. to play slow afro beats mm-hmm. so he was like getting on my back whilst people were still dancing and then within 10 minutes, he kicks me off the, the stage. Like no he literally was like, you've ways. got to pack up and go. Yeah. Literally was like, bye. And it's just like, 
okay, first of all, that's just mad disrespectful. Absolutely. Uh, second of all, I really do not believe that if it had been a man on the decks, he would have done that. He would not mm-hmm. have like even gone up to no. the man and intimidated no, him no, and told him to like change his music within five minutes of him starting. And also I kind of feel like, you know, that, that scene is also very much like, sexy dj orientated sometimes when it comes to women mm-hmm. so it's like here i was not being like a sexy dj playing a warm-up set and he just said yeah literally kicked me off within 10 minutes of me starting my set oh. and i always remember that because it was just like let's say at the time it was just like there's just absolutely no ratings no respect and Babe, i had an experience yeah. myself to similar kind of situation playing a warm-up set and there was a band that was coming after me they were literally doing sound check while mm-hmm. I was playing and I, I I at the time I think I was so infuriated I didn't even know what to do I should have just like stopped the music and be like excuse me I am playing a I'm set right playing. now you know and they came up and they kept coming on the stage and like walking in front of me and like putting their gear up and and tuning their guitars and I was just like it was so weird like you wouldn't do that if music is playing like you need to actually know yeah. what you're tuning here and I I I was just like wow Oh, I know for a fact they wouldn't have done that if a man was on the stage. And that's just, yeah. Experience. It's that implicit knowledge. It's almost like it can happen <gasps> with race as well. You don't, there's no clear proof, mm-hmm. but you know in your head that if that had been a guy, it just would have been a different story, especially Facts going to only. these parties and seeing how many, how the guys play and knowing the exact track list that they play and how uninspiring they can be at times. Mm. It's just like, <laughs> you're never going to kick them off. No, at, they, you won't. Know, tenet, they yeah. won't do it. Anyway, but it seems like there's progress happening. That's the important thing. But like when it comes to safety, when it comes to like respect, when it comes to equal opportunities and stuff like that, um, there's still a place to go. But, you know. Work needs to be done for sure. Work needs to be done. Yeah. And I do definitely want to encourage women who are in music to also just try and be educated about these things. You know, it's one thing for someone to come in, whisper in you, you're going to be a star and, you know, believe it with all your might. And it's another thing to also be very aware of who you are as an individual. And I think, and I'm not saying I've got it figured out now. These, this is a years of learning too, you know, going through the motions and being able to get to a point now where I can stand up for myself and, and not tolerate stupid, stupid, stupid situations from people. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still very grateful to be learning as I go. It's interesting to sort of see what's going on in South Africa, in the Southern African hemisphere as well. Um, and trying to understand, I guess like we didn't really talk about it much, but I, I can imagine that maybe it's a similar thing in Namibia. I mean, what's going mm. on in Namibia? I would say it's still very, very much something that I think the country needs to do better at is embracing women who DJ, because as soon as they see a woman DJing, it's like, Oh, you DJ? For real? You the DJ? You know, it's still something yeah. that's questioned. It's why, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, uh, the industry itself still, you know, like I said, still growing. But um, I really think the scene itself, and and I think I I I want to just speak on when I played. Um, still very much awkward. Still very much like mm, question. But I think women now who are taking charge of their careers in, in Namibia are also starting to be a little bit more risky in how they go about the things that they want to achieve, you know, and taking risks is basically what I'm trying to say, taking risks and actually putting themselves out there more. I think we still need to do a lot of work on just like professionalism and, and being able to play outside of Namibia, but it's growing, it's growing, slow pace, but growing. It's getting there. Mm-hmm. All we can ask for right now is that we make this, we start making the progress and then hopefully yeah. we'll be there, which we should. Series two of the Assurance podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Step Into You campaign. This is all about women taking up space and self-empowerment by empowering others. So as I said, this podcast is sponsored by Adidas and Zalando as part of their Mm -hmm. Step Into You campaign. So I want to use this part to focus on confidence and just taking up space. And, you know, I want you, Gina, um, Mm -hmm. for people who are listening to kind of share what you've done to occupy space, to stand your own ground. I know you haven't necessarily been DJing for like decades, but I think it's also really important to listen to people who have started recently because there's also 
you know, different learnings and perspectives that can be imparted mm. from more fresh eyes as well. So yeah, yeah, tell us what, you know, what have you done? <laughs> okay, the first thing that I, I really focused on was understanding the industry I was getting myself into. It's important. I think having those little tools that get you by also kind of allow you to be able to maneuver the industry better and not necessarily feel like, you know, you don't know what, what's happening around you. And I think that has helped me also just propose myself to potential people I'd also like to work with, you know, and, and also create my own briefs and ideas and concepts. So just building yourself outside of, you know, curating your music for your sets I think is important and understanding that if you are a brand there's a lot of responsibility that also comes into it so understanding your brand understanding the industry you're in and I guess also being a little bit more free to learn and not necessarily like oh I know everything you don't have to tell me nothing (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. maintaining a learning mindset is something I always say in a lot of my interviews because truly it has gotten me further than pretending to know and pretending to be someone that I wasn't comfortable, you know, being myself, being myself mm. and being mm. fully confident that what I'm doing, what, how I'm building my brand is truly how I want to be perceived. And of course, there's just so many other things that come into play. But I think those are the key takeaways for me personally that have helped me grow and helped me transition to the next phase of, of, of my life as I go throughout my career. Mm. I think that's interesting because I guess like people enter the industry so differently like some Mm. people stumble across them some people go into industries with a more targeted mindset yeah um, or into careers so it's like if you know what you want to do then like yes study around and like try and work it out because especially when you're I guess you're in industries that might be a bit more treacherous whether it's because they're Mm. kind of really up and coming or because as a woman or uh you know it's not as easy you know if you're not a man exactly then yeah, it's kind of good to at least have an idea of what you might be getting yourself into. And Facts. things will always come up, but, you know, at least a bit of groundwork. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, what motivates you? What inspires you to keep on going on days like this when honestly, like, I could actually <laughs> die right now? <laughs> like, I need someone to tell me what inspires them. I need inspiration. Wow. Okay, what inspires me? Back in the day, um, I really used to be inspired by a lot of people around me. Now I'm inspired by wanting to make sure I do not take this life I have for granted. Truly, truly, truly. I think a lot of us are afraid to put out ourselves out there creatively also. It takes a lot. And I've just been inspired by the drive and force to at least lead an intentional life. That has definitely been the inspiration behind just even finishing my album and putting myself out there, as scary as it is, it's just necessary because I will never know what's on the other side of fear unless I just do it, right? So that's just been the one thing that has truly been inspiring me is wanting to lead an intentional life and and not being afraid to be who I truly am. Yeah, no, uh, a woman on a mission, a person on a mission. It's uh, it's cool to hear that because I think I have a, it almost similar, but like for me, I feel like <laughs> my life is just dictated by the desire to enjoy myself. I started DJing because I honestly had like a really low patch after university mm. when I couldn't get a job. Mm. And I just one day decided I just want to have fun and I, yeah. I just want to enjoy myself. And I thought DJing looked fun. And I think, um, you know, beside all that, which sounds quite frivolous, I think it's just like, we only live on this world for a very short amount of time. It sounds so cliche, true. but, but it's life just goes, you know, I'm 30 now. And I'm like, how did I get here? Me too. <laughs> literally, in no time, I'm going to be 40. Then I'm going to be 50. And then who knows how much longer we have left. Like, you know? I mean, if we oh. even get to that point, you know. So, no, nah, this life is actually scarily... Um, sure and all the cliches that were said like my mum always says the young shall grow old and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff and it's like you know and she sees herself now like feeling more like what I remember my grandmum being like so Mm. no this life is actually scarily short so we we just haven't got time to you know um not I guess try to be intentional but I I guess it's also there's various intersections and life experiences Mm -hmm. and circumstances that impact your ability to take life by the horns I understand but if you're at least able to you know, I guess there's something to be gained from it whilst also yeah. not like 
stopping yourself from relaxing as well. Yeah, no, which is for why, sure. why I'm why I'm here today, dying because <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to relax. Um, all right, cool. Uh, oh, and you've yeah. spoken about like the moves being made. Tell us about some organisations, some groups, and people who are doing really good work for you know gender representation, gender balances, safe spaces. You know, in the music industry. When I think of organisations, um, especially. Uh, Reckless Kazi in Zambia, which is something I was a part of. They were championing women who DJ and just bringing us together to, you know, learn and improve and become better at our careers. I think that's the one organization that I really, really learned a lot from myself as a mentor and also just the participants that took place in Southern Africa. I hope there will be another one soon. I'm not sure if there will, will be one, but it was sponsored by the British Council. Um, it's really been amazing to see even some of the participants going to tour. So yeah. I think it's done very well for a lot of the girls that have taken part. And I just hope that there will be more spaces like that for the rest of Africa. It's good to hear that there are things going on and that, you know, hopefully there's space for more to grow and to like keep doing, doing the Lord's work, as I say. Um, <laughs> and finally for this bit. So looking back at your career, I um, mean, you've been playing music for a very long time. Looking mm-hmm. back at your DJing career, I guess, um, yeah, what knowledge would you impart now that you're here where you are to your younger Gina Jeans who are starting out as a DJ? Honey. I know it seems like you're making crazy music at 3 a.m. in the morning, but keep going. It will all be worth it. (laughs) Just keep going. Keep going. Keep at it. That's all we need to know. I love that. Short and sweet to the point. for real, for real. Oh, I used to doubt myself, man. Oh, but truly, I think that desire to continue. Yeah, I'm very grateful I had that. But luckily, you didn't doubt yourself too much because you're here Mm. now. Yeah, now. girl. Otherwise, what is this all for? What Ugh, is this all for? <laughs> Sometimes, even when things are going well, I'm, it, it, do you know what? I'm, I can be quite fatalistic because I think like when things are going well, I'm like, this is great, but one day I'm going to die. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> that honestly oh, comes right man, like, no, it does. It like, really does cross my mind a what's lot. What's the point? More it's now hard to because not be of fatalistic. the state of the world. Yeah. Like, oh. But we move and, and still, no, again, yeah. it's just, it's... I'm so grateful to be here, to even just be on platforms like this, to share my story and hopefully inspire women in music who want to continue and and be different and challenge the industry. Yeah. And also there's a, there's a lot of life to be lived in between the graves. Oh yes. Let's do it. Let's do what we can. Let's let's do what we can. Ignore me and my fatalistic (laughs) tendencies. Gina Jeans, we're coming to the end of the first episode of the second series of the Shorts podcast. It's been great talking to you so far. Like you have a real drive and energy that is actually infectious and I need today, to be honest. Um, And I love, I just love to like hear it. And on a slightly more reflective note, can you share with us that no moment that you had when you doubted Mm. your decision to DJ? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, I think just when I look at the state I was in and what had happened in the year um, prior to being on on a stage and losing my mom and you know I truly doubted continuing with music and you know there's this voice in my head that was just like I think you have to get serious you know your mom's not around now you have to be a bit more stable you have to do things that are actually going to get you through but I was like but music will get me through and if I say no to this, I know I'll be doing myself an injustice. So feeling what I was feeling in that moment and knowing that I had to put in a lot of work towards playing my first gig, I'm very grateful that a big part of me was just like, and if you say yes, what else? What else could happen? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> you know, so yeah, um, that was that was me and and I'm here today because I said yes. So right at the beginning you had the no moment, which is understandable, mm. completely understandable mm. for sure, because there was mm. a lot going on as well. So yeah. I'm glad um, you know, you're here and there probably will be more no moments in your career. It just is what it is, yeah. but hopefully the yes yeah. will prevail. But talking about the yes moments, can you share with us that yes moment you had when you knew you'd made the right decision to DJ? 
Cold Turkey was a huge underground scene in Cape Town, particularly. And I remember going to the events religiously and being asked to play 10 years later. Um, I didn't feel like I fit in the scene. I was also very conscious of the fact that, you know, there wasn't many women on the lineup and I was a woman of color and the style of music I was playing too. But I said yes. And it was one of the best sets of my entire life. I was truly, truly in my essence. And, and I've learned so much from that experience, you know, being afraid to say yes to something that you've wanted to do when it presents itself. Like, oh yeah, it, it did change a lot in me, my drive, my confidence. And I'm so grateful that that yes moment did turn into something positive for the rest of my career. Yeah, that's sick. Um, And it probably was even more firm into you, the fact that you potentially said no to it or you're going to say no. Yeah, and then you took exactly. it. And if you hadn't said yes, then, you know, you wouldn't have like, had that moment. So I think oh, that's beautiful. Man. Um, Yeah, there are just some of those moments when you're like, no, this is actually amazing. Like I'm actually mm. in the state of euphoria right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, man. I had, yeah. I had that recently, actually. It was like two extremes. Like um, I'd had a very stressful weekend. And mm-hmm. I turned up like late to my gigs, the traffic and um, just like there were so many technical issues at the beginning of it. And yeah. honestly, at one point I was like borderline crying while I was DJing. And then at one Aww. moment, like the crowd were just really getting into music. And there are certain times when there's certain mixes and I'm just like, no, this actually feels spiritual. And I yeah. just had that moment <laughs> yes. when I was like, Do you know what? Yeah, this is a reminder that you, you made the right decision yeah. for yourself. Like, yeah, are, yeah, yeah, I know for sure. And oh. I was very happy. And I think it's because I went from such an extreme low to such an extreme mm. high. Mm. Um, it was beautiful. So I'm very glad. I, I yeah. like those moments. And finally, last but by no means least, can you share with us a message that you received that just made you feel really empowered, made you feel great um, about yourself as a DJ, as a person? Mm. Oh, there's so many. There's so many. Um, I think I'm just going to pull from the people who supported me and the messages I get, especially on my down days where I feel like, could have done this better could have done that better it's you made my night you know I don't know what you were going through but I'm I'm glad I'm glad I could do something good for your soul and that truly when you have people come up to you and tell you these things I I feel like I'm doing something beyond just playing music and it makes me so happy truly yeah you can't underestimate the power of just like actually lifting someone's mood or changing someone's Mm. mood Mm. um and I always say like you know in society there's jobs that we feel like we need we obviously we need doctors we need like people who clean the streets we need teachers um and then you have the creative world where people feel like they're almost like superfluous or not necessary Mm. but I think they are very necessary for people um in terms of like their mentality and their mental health and their happiness Mm. and Mm. yeah you never know what people are going through but as you say music has been a healing um component of your life and yeah. I think it can be a healing component of so many people's lives or just really brighten people's day, just make them happy. Yeah, you know? facts. And it's a language we can all understand. Yes. It's beautiful. Which you see, especially, you know, going talking about that and a language that everyone can understand. One thing I love is playing music, um, you know, in countries or places where people clearly have not heard of anything that I play or yeah. they're so unfamiliar with like electronic music from African countries. And you yeah. see them, especially in like, I remember I had a gig in Poland and it's like, these people have no idea how to move to this music. They don't know any of the dance moves. They don't know the context, but they're just going mad and they're really mm-hmm. enjoying themselves because the like music is sort of like superseding like any yeah. need to understand things. Um, yeah. I oh, love that. It's, it's really so amazing, yeah. truly. But then sometimes you're probably like singing really like vulgar, like offensive lyrics. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> but, you know. Why I always vibe. ask. Really <laughs> like, what does it mean? That's what I was saying when I found out that apparently some Amma Piano lyrics are quite misogynistic. I was like, oh, crap. Mm. Uh, so what do I do now? <laughs> like, am I meant to follow, follow my moral compass or? Yeah. Ah, yeah. uh, We learn. We live and learn though. We do. We do. Yeah. Gina, we made it. We made it. We did it. Ooh. We did it. We did it. Honest, no, do you know what? I deserve a clap. You really do. No. <laughs> My girl, you really said I'm going to hold this filter. I am going to make this shit work. I am. No. Ah, force or fire. But like, I'm just force? seeing you push it. You're like, no. 
by force or by fire, this podcast happened today. I've oh, been holding the man. pop filter the whole time. I don't know where I am. I've <laughs> no, sis, you carried yourself so well. I'm so grateful. Thank you. I was no, even like, you, you know what I love when when I'm being interviewed and I just listen to the way you structure your questions too, and I'm just like, man. Girl, you did the oh, thing. And you. I'm not even trying to be like, oh, I mean it truly. I was just like, you're on it. And that's how you know you're natural too. Mm. Oh, thank you. No, honestly, it's been great. And <laughs> you like, you're, you're just like your intentionality with life. You strike me as someone who just sort of like sits back, sits back and observes and just learns. And yes, I think I'm that's really, observant. I think that's very powerful. Um, And it's very intelligent and I love it. And I think. Thank you. It's a, it's a really great quality. And yeah, it's just really nice to see. And obviously it pays off like, you know, and you've been doing this for such a long time in terms of music but you've been in djing for less time but you're making your moves mm. and it's just yeah i love it love yeah it. thank you sis no really i i truly appreciate com- that coming from you from someone who hasn't even met me in the yeah. physical you know um yeah i wasn't very observant as a child when i finally grew into myself into my self here in SA as a young woman I really had to take a step back and be more aware mm. and I think that's where it comes from truly. I love it I love it I love it well I feel like my asthma's coming back so oh girl please no rest dude, yeah, yeah, like honestly. we say in South Africa rest 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 to oh, really? take a break yeah I need take that I need a break <laughs> oh lord anyway no it's been so nice talking to you I'm so glad that I'm kicking off the second series of the assurance podcast with you um and yeah it's just been really cool to learn like your perspectives as a namibian living in south africa and sort of southern african um, perspectives just really Mm. really interesting to me and hopefully yeah and i really yeah i look forward to this coming out obviously and and the rest of the podcast you're going to do and thank you again for the opportunity truly i mean like I said, I'm telling my story and I hope it inspires someone. Yeah, 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 I think it will. I think it has. I think it has. Thank you. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Oh, peace out, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> so this has been the Assurance Podcast, a follow-up to my documentary that explored the experiences of female DJs in Nigeria. Assurance, the documentary, focused on women in Lagos' music scene, but overall, Assurance is all about spotlighting voices away from the European and North American club scenes, which tend to dominate in conversations around gender and representation in music. And helping me share this empowering conversation have been Adidas and Zalando, who sponsored this podcast as part of their Step Into You campaign. 